0: Ashley. And, and this, this is Celebrity, Celebrity Memoir Book, Book Club. Club, The
1: End of Year Extravaganza. This is going to take a little bit of a uh, 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 d- an intellectual turn. What? <laughs> We're discussing the memoir in, in essence and in, in genre. What is the memoir? Why is the memoir? Wow. This intellectual twist will not include a single word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really stuttering. I would say
0: one thing that's going to be so um, avant-garde, intellectual about it is how we're not going to put a single sentence together. You're going to have to guess at the end what what we were trying to say.
1: (gasps) What language was that? Yeah, it was very postmodern.
0: I still like don't really understand what any of those art words mean, but I guess postmodern, like things like that, where it's just like after modern, most modern. Like (laughs) I can actually. You want to know? I guess.
1: Okay, so actually, so here's where it's tricky, because modern is a specific time, like, in the 50s and 60s that came after World War II.
0: Okay. So it kind
1: of, you have to think about it as, like, World War II happened, and then everyone came back, and then all of a sudden, like, the factory industrialization came to an end, and it's kind of this idea that there was enough for everybody for the first time. Okay. And so postmodern means different things and, like, different genres. So, like... Po- post-modern consumerism is, like, at one point in the 50s and 60s, there they could produce enough socks for every person in the world. Okay. And that's, like, Old Navy, right? Like, there mm-hmm. is enough for everyone. And then suddenly there's a switch away from enough from everyone to then you go into, like, these artisanal, like, you don't actually want the mass produced. You want the boutique. The, and it's funny because it was, like, a return to almost pre-industrial Desires, or it's like, yeah, in the 1800s, some little old woman had to make your sock by hand from a sheep she kept in her yard, and then we were like, this is the worst system in the world, and so then we made factories, and they were like, this is the worst system in the world. Get us that grandma back. <laughs> so that's like consumerist. <laughs> <was> dead. <laughs> yeah, we killed her. So now it's just her great granddaughter who like pays an intern to do it for free while she's in Saint Bart's. Um, and then in art, modernism is like abstract modernism. It's like that kind of it, Jackson Pollock. 40s and 50s that time Ugh, and then jackson post-modernism kind of came after that but then it's different it's like an a- the tricky thing is modern is a time period whereas contemporary means right now so okay. contemporary art is a living artist but postmodern artists are like a time block of an artist it's like saying the renaissance so yes. it was quite it was quite presumptive of them to be like this time we're living in is the modern era and, and then a hundred years later <laughs> It, like and then yeah, in like twenty five hundred A D they're gonna be like modern art, the art from our great great grandparents' generation. Yes. And so what we're so we even talking sense, about? So in that sense And so postmodern art is the most modern art. No. O
0: contemporary art is the most modern. Yes. And postmodern is before
1: that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Love the MoMA. Uh, so, but if, yeah, if you go to the MoMA, it's a lot of stuff. From, like, the I like that vibe. Yeah.
0: Anyway. Anyway, so this week Great <laughs> on Celebrity Memoir Book Club, instead of taking a look at one celeb, we're doing a sort of year-end wrap-up of everything we've read so far and uh, what we've learned
1: about uh, the art of book. Yeah. The art of the book. The book arts. Um, Ashley, before we get into anybody but ourselves, I'd like to first start with ourselves. Of course. <laughs> Why wouldn't we? <laughs> what would you have called the chapter of this year in your life? I would
0: say that for me and everyone in the world, this year has kind of been our 9-11 chapter. Like in the way that every celebrity we've read so far has like referenced 9-11 and how it affected their life. I do think for me, like, okay, this, like to say nothing happened this year, like obviously a global pandemic and like murder hornets and like a lot of things happened this year, but like, I in... really think
1: murder hornet PR was through the roof. Because... I know
0: I'm just saying like a lot obviously happened this year, but in the exact progression of my life this year was almost nil, but you can't ignore it because it is a very important interlude from like who I was in 2019 to like who I am right now and like going into 2021 like it is a very different person but like there wasn't like an like a day or like one like relationship or like thing that changed it it was just like over the course of a pandemic we all are different so you can't like say that it, you can't ignore it you can't leave it out of the memoir but like also there's no like story other than like I stayed home for a while You know, yeah,
1: yeah, I get that. like it's not an like interesting like a chapter yeah. to
0: read because it's like there's no interesting details that are a part of it. Like I used to not really own sweatpants and now I have like five pairs of sweatpants. You like went through a
1: pretty, pretty, a pretty intense breakup.
0: That's true. But I also like thinking about like what would go in my memoir. I don't know how detailed
1: I would keep that, you know, because I've detailed it here on this podcast. We don't need it in both places. That would be so funny. This would be like an insert in your memoir. Where you'd be like for 2020. Check this podcast
0: <laughs> for more information you know what i mean like my Stevo being like i'm not really gonna get into the details of this but you can find all the clips online yeah <laughs> google me <laughs> Exactly. Um, but yeah i don't think that there's like a lot to be talked about specifically from this year but i do think you can't leave it out you know what i mean yeah
1: i do that's a really good example this um, year yeah, what's yours? Should I say ups and downs? <laughs> <laughs> the highs, the lows, the in-betweens.
0: I call them the mediums.
1: Well, it's funny because I, I modern think in, in one way, this year has been, like, incredible for my romantic life. That's true. And then I really feel like it kind of solidified me and Mackenzie as, like, a dynamic duo life partner Yeah I kind of feel like <laughs> Well it's like before Things were always so easy That it was always like Well it's easy now But is it Because we're just like Both young and hot And making money And living in New York Like what what was there Even really to be upset about Yeah <laughs> And I was like Oh no 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 I was thinking about it yesterday I was like I didn't cry every day this year But I did have a daily average Of one cry <laughs> 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 Do you know what I mean Like there was yeah. definitely Some days where I cried Four or five times And they covered the week Yes <laughs> and, I do get that and so it's been nice for me to have a buddy who I was like, oh, no, no, no. He was there for the worst. Like, this was a pretty bad year for me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, if he saw you and liked you this whole year, then, like, you guys are probably, yeah like, fine.
1: And then it's like, if we can live together in a time where neither of us get to leave the house. Right. It's then, just going to be gravy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Could you imagine if I, like, went out in the day and came home and had something new to tell him? <laughs>
0: It'd be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel that's the thing is like I feel like this year I've like learned a lot and like understood myself better in a lot of ways. But also like that's not interesting in a book.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But then I was gonna say that. So that was the highs. The lows was almost everything else. Um, Personally, I was a fucking mess. I would say athletically, my bones are just mush (laughs) at one point in my like deep depression of the summer I remember like hysterically crying to Mac and being like I just feel like a glop of oatmeal floating on the ocean and then I started laughing really hard (laughs) that is funny but I don't think I was was laughing because I was like that is how I feel like I did just feel like this like Bodiless n- g- nothing like I just felt like goo and just like disgusting bland emptiness
0: <laughs> just like s- okay sitting oatmeal at- doesn't have to be bland
1: but I felt like bland the worst oatmeal the worst oatmeal. something that's like just this disgusting blob and I was just like sitting in this void where there was no meeting just like bobbing up and down with no direction and no anything mm-hmm. and I was laughing because it really was like that's exactly how I felt this summer <laughs> Um, and I can't remember what my point was, but I did feel that way. Uh, no, that was a low, a low. Is, that was a low. I would say
0: feeling like um, shapeless oatmeal with no flavors, oh, no spices, no cinnamons.
1: I was tying it back to athletically. That's no like dolphins. My body. Nearby. My body was oatmeal, and that's oh. like not a good body type to be. I don't know. And then you know, professionally, things have been not great for comedy. I definitely didn't make the strides I had hoped to make. I didn't. This podcast has been a highlight, I will say. This podcast has been a huge highlight With for the highs, me. though, comes the, like, oh, that's what I was going to joke about. That's my year. This mm-hmm. year has been a horrible year for realizing a truth about me, which is that absolutely I am, like, a fame junkie.
0: <laughs> and that I was so
1: deeply depressed this year. And the thing that really took me out of it was having one TikTok go viral. And then I was like, I'm back, baby. <laughs> and then last week, I was, like, pretty heartbroken. I was, like, sad and I was just like crying I didn't know why and I realized it was because people were attacking us so hard about the Steve O thing and I was just like I have to like, I was
0: I did get very sad about it and
1: I, I divorced myself from like having myself worth be TikTok like, I mean but it's really hard because right now that's yeah. all I
0: have Having <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of people just saying like everything you're saying is like the stupidest thing they've ever heard I was like I don't know why you need to tell me that
1: <laughs> like, this just, one for me was also like also because they were wrong on this they one. were wrong well and also just because you know what freaked me out was Um, we really, our listens are, do correlate pretty strongly with like how much we're putting out TikToks and the Mm -hmm. idea that I was like, I don't know how we're going to keep doing Steve-O TikToks. Like this week is just going to have to be like a loss of a week. Yeah. Well, we took a risk and I think it's good that we took this risk and then left, like we can't do celebrities that we absolutely don't know and kind of despise because.
0: But I didn't, that's the thing is I did not despise him before I read the book. I didn't know that much about him and I didn't feel any, I like thought that jackass was stupid. But, like, I was, like, maybe I'll read the book and think he's really cool. Like, it never... Yeah, maybe...
1: Like, he could have been just some, like, poor kid who didn't know what to do. And so he was just starting these things and, like, got with the crew and they became best friends and they were just the joke. Like, you know, everyone knew that boy in seventh grade who was kind of, like, the class clown. Yeah. Which is different than me. Like, I really
0: did not know what he was like. I'd never watched an interview with him. I didn't know very much about him. All I knew is that he was a part of Jackass. And... Reading his book I just really didn't like him <laughs> And that's it Like that's what yeah. we found out And so I was like it's, We didn't like him Because he hurt a lot of people And I know and that And he showed very little remorse Like everyone who was commenting On the TikTok Saying he's changed now He's grown He's a different person And it's like okay, well, where was that in the book? Because it was 300 pages of him doing horrible things to people and then 20 pages of him being forced into rehab and then five pages of him accepting
1: sobriety. And I think that was the important distinction that we weren't able to get across in a TikTok, but that does come across in his book, is the difference. I know we get a lot of crap for being, like, not sympathetic to people with eating disorders or drugs, but we are pretty sympathetic to people with, like, eating disorders and drugs. We just laugh about eating disorders because we've had them. But, like, the, like I do yeah. have a lot of sympathy and understanding that, like, drug addiction and alcoholism like that's a true disease and it takes like every day to fight it and it never goes away and like I understand the depths of the low and like the fact that like when you're an addict that's like your top priority and you're controlled by the addiction totally his actions were not in servitude to his addictions right to drugs they were to serve his addiction to fame and I think that that is a different like and I think we're allowed to criticize that and often he would specifically say in his book This thing I did where I peed on the red carpet in front of my four-year-old niece and dad was not because I was drunk. I did it because... I, like, soberly decided to do that. I did that with... Yeah,
0: he's like, I did it because I wanted to be in the headlines.
1: And then he would talk about... I mean, even Johnny Knoxville would say it was different being with Steve-O on a plane than being with Chris Pontius, because Chris Pontius would get so drunk and black out. And he's like, when Chris Pontius, like, pees in an airplane aisle, he does it because he doesn't know where he is. When Steve-O does it, he goes, he does it because he's angry and he's trying to hurt people. Yeah. And he would say he was like... I mean, he was... He was somebody who lashed out, and this behavior started as a child. He talks about when he was seven, eight, nine years old, tricking his grandma with dementia, who he loved dearly, into buying him stuff because he knew he could because she was like mentally vulnerable. Yeah. And like, so this is a behavior that started very early and I get that he had a fucked up childhood, but a lot of people have a fucked up childhood and very few people have gone to the lengths that Steve-O has gone to to hurt others.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And to hurt people who were not involved in that, to hurt, like there was just so much anger in him, the way he would scream at flight attendants, the way he would. I mean, he has that story scream. about
1: walking by a photo shoot one day and then being like, Oh, steve come take a photo and him being like, yeah, I want to. And then after three photos, he goes through and he just destroys every camera on set. Like, yeah, he just, just broke everything, broke
0: everything for no reason. He didn't even know these people. He didn't know what was going on. He had no he just. Yeah. Drugs fuck up your brain chemistry as a whole. But he'd been doing this since he was four years old. Like he. Yeah. Is just a destructive person. And it was hard to read that book. And we didn't like it. And that's it. Um. Anyway, <laughs> let's so, talk about what. OK, let's back it up
1: what have we learned about memoirs this year? Like what is a memoir? Well, so I I do want to say like, I know me and Ashley get flack for kind of not liking all of them, but the, like a memoir is a funny thing because it, it like to sit down and write a memoir is like a deeply self-serving. Exactly. Thing. And a like lot what of, we do in the beginning where we talk about our memoir of
0: the week. It's a deep, it's cause we like to talk about ourselves. And, and it's, it's, you it's, you know, what's us. funny <laughs> is
1: people hate it when we do that. They're like, how dare you guys talk about yourselves in a, but other people really like it. Some people like it, but some people like get so mad at us. Like, like how fucking dare you talk about yourselves on your own podcast when we're literally a podcast about people who have written an entire fucking book about themselves. Like if you hate narcissism, keep it consistent puppies <laughs> and they'll be like well they're like i guess their argument would be like well those people are famous and interesting it's like well how do you think they got famous and interesting it's by being so deeply narcissistic and proud of like your that what you think
0: what you everything you do deserves to be
1: heard like and if so you, you think push we're narcissists the world. <laughs> oh boy are you gonna hate steve-o and holly madison and i, I mean look, mariah carey i think was an, an undeniable talent um jessica simpson i don't know that she was an undeniable talent but she was a talent who was pushed by outside forces her parents
0: right right yeah, I mean Steve O, oh, I think is like the number one example of like just like obsessively like he would just videotape himself and make anyone nearby watch the videos at every opportunity he got, and yeah. now he's famous. And like I
1: mean Demi Moore wanted to become an actress because she met Nastasia Kinski, who is one of the world's sexiest women of all time. Can you imagine if I like came home one day and I was just like, I just met Naomi Campbell, and it really inspired me to be a model, and you'd be like, <laughs> that's literally psychotic for you to think, Claire? Like but Claire, I, was just- I just
0: think she's. Taller than you, so maybe. (laughs) That'd be a
1: really nice way to put it. (laughs) But I mean, that's like the equivalent of what Demi Moore did. And then you guys are like, but you guys are the narcissist. And it's like everyone's a fucking... Everyone in Hollywood is a narcissist. It's a baseline narcissistic thing to do.
0: But let's talk about... So a memoir is these people just like writing their side of the story. And it is funny because we do get annoyed that all of their stories are so one-sided. But it's like, what else would it be? And And I do think it's...
1: Like good reading, I'm not gonna like toot my own fucking horn, but people coming at me saying I don't know how to read, I actually have a degree in English literature from Columbia. Yeah, I don't know how to read, <laughs> so I'm just like, it's you dumb bitches who don't know how to read. Yeah, but like if you're coming in reading somebody's one-sided narrative, and I think this is very important too. These people are not at the ends of their careers. These are people who are mm-hmm. often using these book to rehab their image and restart a career midway. So to not come in with a critical eye and question one, not just the motive. And like the editing and the PR uh, angling of the book, but also that people by, I mean, be, for self-preservation reasons, have to remember things from their own perspective. Right. And as much therapy as you go to, as hard as you try to be both sided, you will never truly write somebody else's story in your book because you just don't know it and you didn't like you only lived your own life. So you do kind of have to come to everybody's account of their lives with like a critical eye of like what was really happening because nobody knows there is no objective truth.
0: Right. Wow. Deep. Thank you. There is no truth on this earth.
1: There isn't a truth. There's just everybody's experience of a situation. And no matter how hard you try to be Mm -hmm. forgiving and understanding of all the other people, your emotional experience, like you're not going to look back and see what you think you remember from five years old. You could look at it a hundred million ways and talk to everybody involved. But the emotional truth of a five-year-old is not going to be... And the emotional truth of literally any other adult in that situation.
0: Right. And so, yeah. So looking at these memoirs of like, what is the purpose? Like, what were they trying to um, achieve with putting these out there? And I think that's why I was so hypercritical of both Portia and Steve O. Yes. Is because I don't get what they were trying to achieve other than bragging about how I felt that both of their books were bragging about surviving severe issues and still achieving massive fame along the way. Like, it really felt like they were just, like, pointing out the, like, you know, with Portia, just, like, her lowest lows, talking about them in extreme detail, with Steve O oh, talking about the horrible things he did in extreme detail, and then at the end being like, and then I recovered. Like, if they wanted to help people, these would have been books about recovery. They would have waited a couple of years. They would have written about – I think it's so interesting, because, like we were talking about, like, alcoholism and, like, drug addiction. Those are diseases that you battle – Every second, like anorexia, you don't just get over it. You have to constantly like keep eating food, but like have a healthy relationship with it. What the fuck is that? are always
1: one trauma away from relapse. Look at John Mulaney. Yes.
0: Alcohol, drugs, they're everywhere. Food is everywhere. Like it's just so difficult to maintain
1: a healthy relationship when your brain is so altered by these unhealthy patterns you know what the books reminded me of yeah here's how i described them the portion steve o book because i do think you like are on to something and it do you, did you ever play that game bullshit yes you know i don't know if this is everybody's rules or this is just how we played in first grade but it's like if you get through a full round and you had lied you go peanut butter did you ever play with that rule no okay so how i was taught how to play is It goes around a full round and you had lied in yours. You say peanut butter and it's to let everybody know you got away with your lie. Oh, yeah. And so basically if you had said you put down three twos or whatever and you didn't, by the time it got back to you, you'd be like peanut butter. And it meant that you had lied and no one had caught you. Yeah. And that's what these books reminded me of. Exactly. It was kind of like a portion was like, I got down to 82 pounds. I could have gotten all these diseases, but here I am with a wife and a horse farm and a career and and now I'm better and I just like to swim a lot. And Steve-O, I mean, one of the craziest things about the Steve-O book, I thought, was that like at the end he comes out with a perfect bill of health. He had never even gotten an STD despite having unprotected sex with two to three women a day yeah. every day for five years. I mean, it's I mean, it was insane, preposterous.
0: It's preposterous. And all of his worst health things were not drug related. They were flinging himself himself off like roofs. Related, I mean, like he, literally he had no burnt teeth left. his
1: own body at one point by accident. He like, his dumped, head. His, he dumped head. his lighter fluid all over his face. And he was like, there's supposed to be scarring, but I didn't even get scars. The whole book was like, look how consequence free this life of not just hurting myself, but hurting literally every, everyone around me was to yeah, me. Yeah,
0: And that was also like, sorry to dwell on the TikTok, but like one of the things that people were like, well he feels remorse for it now. He paid his sister back. He paid his family back. He supports his family now. He gives them so much money. At that time there was literally no money in it. He would even say like I didn't know what kind of career opportunities even existed. There were no career like he was in New Mexico just like filming himself, jumping off of roofs, trying to get like a hundred dollars to appear in a skateboard magazine. I also and like, feel like
1: that's such an American like capitalist idea. The idea that spending five years of your life taking care of your mother who's in a vegetative state, giving up your career, moving away from your home, back into your childhood home, and having to hold her hand alone as she died because nobody else was there to support you and have she his sister at one point says she had to set her alarm every morning for 2 a.m. and 5 a.m. so that she could wake up and turn her mother so that her mother didn't get bed sores steve-o talks constantly through the book about how he thinks bed sores are one of the worst afflictions that a human being can experience and yet he was not the one waking up he was unemployed right. and living at the house he was not waking up every day and turning her he was he knew about the consequences he thought the consequences are horrible but it was but he his sister who was a had a full-time right. job that but was so doing what it i'm
0: what I was going to saying money say, doesn't take the, give you those five years back. Money doesn't give you those five years back. But I'm saying that's like a lot of people's defense and a lot of people are like obsessed with the fact that he did end up achieving fame. And like, but also what I was going to say is the other people he heard along the way. Like, what about that girl that he was staying with in New York, like peeing all over her house, breaking the family's washing machine, like doing like he didn't become famous until probably like seven years later. So like, did he go back and find that girl and buy her family a new washing machine? And like, does that fix it? Like, what the fuck? And so the amount of collateral damage in his life that, like, people have chosen to completely forgive for no other reason than he's, like, a vegan now is insane to me. But, like, that is the thing with this book is, like, both of them just sort of end with this, like, but now I'm better and therefore, like, none of the actions of – like, he doesn't apologize throughout. Like, Portia – Doesn't seem to really have, like, remorse for, like, that lost year and a half where she, like, had no friends, no family, no nothing because all she could focus on was not eating. She doesn't even seem, like, that sad about it because she, at the end of the day, like, achieved her goals of being famous.
1: I'm thinner than everybody. And thinner than
0: everyone. Steve O got famous, and so, like, it all was worth it in the end. Portia was skinny, so it was all worth it in the end. And those feel like really destructive books to have written, you know? Like, these aren't books about recovery. These are books about... These books are about like walking the line and getting away with it.
1: I mean, I thought Kendra Wilkinson's book did a better job of showing Much how better. bad your life is when you throw it like nobody really cared about her. Her mom was heartbroken. Like her brother was a bit. She showed that it was like a bad life that she was living. That scene about her dad not even recognized. Like,
0: I mean, even to me like yeah. to me for her like inability to like really process consequences still understands that her drug use drove her entire family away and she had to stop in order to get them back. And she like really, like, acknowledges her lowest lows. Like,
1: I mean, she got drunk, like, she had to get sober at, like, 22. You know what I mean? So, like, she really was, like, things were bad. And
0: then, yeah, but, like, also later in life, I mean, she doesn't, like, acknowledge the consequences of that as well as we wanted to, but, like, also how well could she have? It was still only, like, a couple years ago. (laughs) Like, I don't think she's fully processed it. Which I
1: do think brings up, like, that's the other problem with these books is I do wonder, and I want to give sympathy where sympathy is due, or, like, understanding that women are not given the second acts that a steve-o is given right i mean if i've learned anything from these tiktoks it's that we're like poor kendra had no dad and was like constantly being statutory raped and And people are like well she's a whore and deserved it
0: oh my god and then meanwhile
1: you're like steve-o put a gun to someone's head and people are like well he was was on
0: drugs at the time (laughs) so
1: like how dare you be mean to him we really appreciate that he is still like I mean, people will give men a million chances. And then I do think when these women are specifically using these books, I think, to kind of not wipe the slate clean, but give their side of the story to combat the negative press they've been giving. I mean, Demi Moore's book was really deeply focused on how much she hated the paparazzi. Like, right. you know, she stopped being her own mother because her mother was selling photos of the paparazzi. Her, her children stopped speaking to her because they thought all she cared about was the paparazzi. Like, she had a life that was completely a persona that was completely rewritten based in response to how much press and fame she had yeah. and it did not work in her favor. Like all of her protections for herself actually blew up in her face. And so I do think that this book in a way was like trying to get her side across without any interruptions. And you do have to keep in mind that she's probably doing this so that she can be in another movie next week. Like, you know what I mean? They, yeah. She had to use it as a career rehab. I think Mariah Carey used it as a career rehab. I think Jessica Simpson used it as a career rehab. I mean, Mm -hmm. a lot of these women have to use it for a second act because they're not ever allowed to just fucking retire and go quietly into that night. So they can only be, but so honest because they can't ever make themselves unlikable or unforgivable. And I think you see that in the fact that they're like, I was never a bad mother. There's like, there's only so far they'll go. There's
0: only so much you can say. There's only so much you can admit as a woman before people won't forgive you. And I do think that we've talked about this a lot in this podcast and also like past celebrities we've talked about with like Brittany and all that like society cannot forgive a bad mother. Yeah. Like literally in the way that all of our comments on the Steve-O TikTok are well his mom was shitty to him. It's like, okay, well that doesn't explain everything, but thank you. It's um, true.
1: They think if you're a bad mother, you should be like murdered on the spot. But yeah, meanwhile, I ever- literally,
0: like his mom deserved to like have Alice bed sores because she was not that good. Of a mom. But it's meanwhile, like-
1: Steve O an alcoholic, so everything should be forgiven. It's a very interesting double-edged sword. Um, and I do think part of what we're holding against these memoirs is we feel like they're not fully honest and going into the depths of the sorrow. But they can. So it's kind of like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. So mm-hmm. I do want, and I think like, even you look at Holly. One of our big criticisms of Holly is that she really only talks about Playboy and then talks about how much she wants to be divorced from the Playboy image. But she is also somebody who is like so afraid that she won't be loved if she doesn't give you exactly what she wants. that it's almost like she didn't dare tell you anything that's not related to Playboy because she knows that's not what you want to hear. She like served up on a platter, all your favorite foods. Right. And she was too insecure to even get into who she is as a person. I think.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Like I'm excited to read that, um, that other one, like the, the Bunny Diaries or whatever that other book
1: is. Yeah. I mean, Holly, like, if you look at her life, Holly is somebody who found the mold and pressed herself into it and became exactly what Hugh Hefner wanted so that he she could be the perfect bride for him. And in that book, I think, she did the same thing where she was like, I know what people want. It's a Playboy Bunny tell-all. Yeah. And so I'm not going to get into, like, why I'm this fucked up. I'm not going to get... Like, her child and, like and husband right. got like, one page.
0: <laughs> like, the negative stuff about Hef, I fucking ate it up. Like, I... You know what I mean? Like, I wanted to hear that stuff. But... I also do want to know about her because only because she's so obsessed with the fact that we don't know her. And I'm like, then this is your book. Tell me.
1: Well, it is just like from a, like a human standpoint, I think you and I both are interested in like, why are these people like this? Like what is the What set off this pattern of behavior? And she does not get into that at all.
0: Yeah. I will say I also do feel that Steve owes, I think we're like leaving him out of that conversation of like people who like wrote this to relaunch their career to maintain fame in a way and i think that that is very much what he did because i mean we learned from his book all he ever wanted is to be famous and to maintain fame and even after he got sober like when he recognized that he couldn't keep on hurting people for fame i think he was like okay then i'll hurt myself for fame i'll just like expose the shit out of everything Mm -hmm. i did to maintain relevance with this salacious
1: book the last page of the book is like a thank you and acknowledgments and it's like thank you to all the readers and then he goes i have loved engaging with all of you on twitter and um, Instagram and MySpace or whatever and Facebook about all of your questions and comments about the book keep engaging like I'll keep answering all the questions he's like all of your feedback has been very interesting like I love talking about it yeah so, it's so funny because what his fans are yelling at us for is digging up his past it's like this is he's literally saying all through the book go to YouTube go to YouTube go to YouTube keep googling and here we are bringing him back up getting him more thoughts and I mean,
0: yeah like we're not digging up his past he published a book yeah if we've learned one thing it's that like, print text is the only thing that like survives the ages. I know that we talk about how like the internet is forever and like oh no that was one of my
1: first good jokes i thought was that that's like the only place to hide like where would you find it like yeah you put something online and it's like how would you google that like
0: (laughs) stuff on the internet is gone in a flash stuff that's printed in a book is like a time capsule to me yeah books last so fucking long we have books in museums from like the fucking i don't know ages that well we just discovered this yeah and there's no modern era
1: (laughs) there's no youtube videos from like alexandria
0: (laughs) 2000 YouTube was invented in 2005. People forget that it's that new. I d- like, and stuff goes away. Like, stuff goes viral and then it goes away. Like, it's still technically findable. Like, you can still dig up tweets and find fucked up shit that people say. But you can also delete those things. You know, books. Like, once it's printed, once it comes off the press and goes into like mass distribution, it's like there. He yeah. he should have made it a blog post if he didn't want it dug up. Yeah. And he also shouldn't have made it a blog post if he wanted it dug up. But he should have made it, um, I don't know, like a conversation on a radio program. He was on the radio constantly. Yeah, no, he wanted us to be talking about it. He did. Anyway, all of these people wanted us to be talking about it. There are a lot of people who That was
1: one of my favorite comments on a Jessica Simpson uh, TikTok where I verbatim just tell a story that she told us. they go, well, why is this your business? Yeah. And it's it's like, it's not my business. It's her business. And she sold me this product that she like created and wanted me to consume. And then I consumed it and I engaged with it exactly as she had hoped. (laughs) So yeah,
0: like we're literally doing exactly what they want us to do. Like Mariah Carey's book came out this year. Talking about stuff that happened in that book is not dredging up the past. It's talking about something that she wants us to be talking about right now and we are because we are good people and you guys aren't. I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. Not you guys, the people who are listening right now are the best, the only good people.
1: <laughs> um should we um should we get to the Just a couple of fun overlaps in all the memoirs. Yeah, there are some fun overlaps. I mean, I have to say if one thing has come through loud and clear is apparently that Paris Hilton is a good person. If there's one person... I will say there's one thing loud and clear. Paris Hilton knows everybody. Yes. And,
0: and everyone has a good story.
1: <laughs> People really like her. Um, and then everybody saw ODB drunk.
0: <laughs> yeah, everyone had like a weird old dirty bastard story of like when he was drunk and they had a fun time together.
1: But like Paris... I wouldn't I, say fun. Sometimes fun. Okay, so Steve-O had fun. Steve-O thought he was great, but, like, Mariah Carey was, like, he oh. was in that video, and she was like, oh Oh, yeah. I did forget that story. Uh, <laughs> I remember S- he
0: was in it, but I forgot the actual story. The Paris Hilton stories are fucking emblazoned into my mind. And then everybody has a
1: 9-11 story except for Kendra and Steve-O, which is
0: funny. That is funny. Steve-O probably doesn't remember it. He did forget. Hashtag.
1: <laughs> Wait, should we get it? So, just to tie up the year... We are going to do our celebrity memoir... Superlative. Superlative. so we've each written a superlative for each book we've read and do you want to start with your superlative for Jessica Simpson
0: yeah I'm worried that mine aren't good because we did this kind of fast okay for Jessica mine is best hair because even whilst being intervened she was still getting her highlights done
1: <laughs> I think that's good M- mine was most ice- most like an iceberg because <laughs> I do think that she got a lot of credit for like spilling the hot hot tea or whatever and I think she very cleverly gave us about 2% of the gossip i agree with has. that this and was two
0: percent milk it was like the milk remember in that episode of the simple life when they're working on a dairy farm and they like are supposed to fill all those jugs with milk and they can't because milking cows is really hard and so they fill all the jugs with a tiny bit of milk and then fill it with water and then they get in a lot of trouble
1: that's literally this book <laughs> it gave us just enough to quench our thirst but i'm like she did a perfect job of I call it deflective honesty. Yes, that's exactly what most
0: celebrities, all of every radically honest celebrity is a deflectively honest and celebrity. I, I
1: coined that term at the advent of Lena Dunham because she is somebody, <laughs> I was like, she's like, look at my disgusting fat naked body. And don't notice that I'm the most well-connected woman in New York City. Like, and yeah. don't look at the fact that every single person on this show had a trust fund and connections and that this is in no way a realistic form of what it's like to be in New York City, unless you are truly one of the richest, most connected people on earth. And that's deflective. She's like, this is an honest show because my vagina is disgusting. And it's like, no, this is a dishonest show because everybody's getting their rent paid and nobody is discussing it.
0: Yeah. And like the way that like when it did start to come out, she's like, yeah, me and what's the, what's the nanny one's name on that show in real life? Her brother or her oh, sister jessa is married kirk- to- jessa yes jessa her i was gonna oh, say Jemima this sister, Kirk. jemima kirk whose sister is married to Penn badgley um what was i gonna say oh yeah like when it did start to come out that they like all were just like the richest cast alive mm-hmm. um she like kind of tried to paint it as like i hired my high school friends to be in this show that i got with hbo how weird and cool and cute that we're all still like We've yeah. known each other forever. Well, my it's like you've known each other forever from, like, the New she York high Jemima art scene. <laughs> it was just yeah. Jemima Kirk. And it's so funny. But like, I remember that story and, like, reading it and, like, my eyes rolling into the back of my
1: head. <laughs> and it's funny because the only breakout star has really been Adam Driver. And he was the only one who got there on Merit. I think Allison Williams was kind of a breakout star. Where has she been? I don't know. But
0: she did get out. And that was good. And yeah. then she got so skinny that everyone was like, where is she? I, I can't I think her, she's kind of
1: dead in the water, honestly. Damn. But um, my favorite Jemima Kirk fact... Is that they like to pretend that her rich claim to fame is that her dad was some in a famous rock band. Do you know what rock band he was in? Mm-mm. He was in a famous rock band. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me. <laughs> no, I can't remember, oh. but you know about music.
0: I just don't know anything about their family. Should oh, I Google it really quick? Yeah, let's Google it. Okay, he was a part of Bad Company and then played with uh, Ringo Starr's post-Beatles Band which so, we've all heard much
1: About so <laughs> But so like it was kind of positive that She was like this cool daughter of like a rock And roller and her mom was like owned A vintage store where a lot of People went to like clothe movies But then it actually turned out that Her maternal grandfather Is a London real estate billionaire
0: so <laughs> There's like, always A billionaire in so the it was just weird Because
1: they acted like her being like rock royalty Was like actually a cover up for Real estate billions. Um, Oh, God. Anyway, moving on. Holly. What's your Holly? I said Holly was most delusional.
0: I said Holly was best couple because... I think that she would have threatened every single person in the school if they didn't vote for her and half as best couple. I like
1: that. I really like that. You <laughs> I know, think what she, my- she
0: got it because she campaigned for it, not because she deserved it, but she in the end deserved it because of how hard she campaigned for it.
1: <laughs> my uh, high school had the superlative. Why didn't they ever get together? <laughs> and literally they had to cancel it from our yearbook because we all <laughs> we all voted for the boy girl twins in our class. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, funny. Noah was annoying about superlatives in my high school. I know this is getting really off topic. But because, like, the yearbook was run by all the theater geek losers who, like, needed a, a spring activity mm-hmm. because the main musical was in the winter, all of the superlatives were, like, written by them. And it was, like, most likely to win a Tony. Most likely to win an Oscar. Most likely <laughs> to win an Emmy. Most likely to win a Tony. And we were all, like... So it was just, like, them over and over and over again. Jesus. Ours were
0: just dumb. Like, ours... It was just, like, the... Like, exactly who you'd expect in, like, the most boring way. Do you know what I mean? Like, Class Clown was, like, the loudest person. Class, like, Best Hair was, like, the girl who literally does her hair every day. And I was like, okay. Yeah. There was, like, another kid with, like, a cool, like, cool curly hair. But, like, that's not Best Hair in the Midwest. No. Not Best in the Midwest. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) Portia. Um, Portia. I said most likely to get out of a ticket.
1: That's funny.
0: I do think that she would um, like just have like she's probably speeding a lot. I mean, we know that she was driving very recklessly when she was trying to burn calories whilst driving. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that her like blonde hair and absolute meltdown abilities would get her out of anything.
1: Um, I said Portia's book was most like an eighth grade history book. (laughs) And I think that that's weird until I explain that book was literally just like, here's every event that happened in a single year. And it reminds me of like how in eighth grade they're like, OK. And then in 1872, these events happened. And it's yeah. like a year by year. and There's no like cohesive arc. And there's no like reflection really on any. of And it. there's no honesty. No. <laughs> it's all like the slaves were happy doing what they were doing. <laughs> but luckily, George, uh, luckily, Abraham Lincoln of his own volition freed them because <laughs> he had the key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're like, OK, good, good history. Um, Mariah Carey,
0: I said Mariah is best dressed because of the way she carefully described several outfits. She would spend like a full page and a half in her book describing an outfit that she like got off the plane on or that she like went to her first, um, Grammy awards. I mean the Grammys, I get it, but like sometimes she'd be like, I like woke up for breakfast and I was wearing and a she pink just, juicy
1: sweatsuit with one of my favorite cream uh, the camisoles and on and my it, feet were slippers but I, I changed I it to these my heels gorgeous earrings,
0: yeah. and earrings and, and this is, like one time she was talking about how miserable she was living at Tommy Mottola's mansion but she like describes her pajamas yeah. in like, such distinct detail <laughs>
1: um i said most culturally relevant oh, i actually that's gave cuz i do think that this was it was like a good year to be like here's an insightful look into it was insightful. What it was like for me growing up mixed race in Long Island. Mm -hmm. I felt in this time where people are trying to bridge gaps, it was very actually deeply insightful and beautifully written. Bridgerton.
0: The gaps. Very funny. Okay. To me. Um, to me,
1: I said, uh, buffest. Nice. (laughs) I said best quote about why it sucks to be a woman. (laughs) Cause she actually does have that line about how she, Oh, who's she talking about? She's about, about, talking about Emilio Estevez's no. Who is she talking? I, about? I don't know what quote you're talking about. I think she's talking about maybe her own grandma. And she's talking about how when men get older, they soften. Oh yeah. And so then by the, at the end of their lives, all we remember is how they became these kind, cuddly teddy bears. Meanwhile, women who work so hard their whole lives, for everybody around them just get beaten down. But by the end of their life, they're bitter. And then when we look back, we just remember women as bitter and men as like these, these tough exteriors with these hearts of gold that really shone through in his old age. And like, that's how they're like immortalized is like how they were at their eighties. And it's like deeply unfair because women are just like taking, like, it's like women get calloused emotionally from all the beatings and abuse abuses we experience and suffer like at the to end of it a man was like on our fucking back a man comes home from retirement one day and goes like re- i guess i've had dinner on the table every day and now i got 17 beautiful kids and i don't know who raised them and i'm pretty happy with that and yeah. the woman is like i raised them <laughs>
0: Like at the end of the day The grandpa like sits down And like reads the grandchild A book and then dies And everyone's like My god he was reading To the kids
1: And meanwhile a woman is like You can't have a second cookie Because there's not enough And everyone's like Grandma's such a couponing Old bitch And she's like Well I did get us Through the depression With my own paycheck By taking lard From the neighbor's cow And melting it down And using it for stew And they're like Yeah you dumb whore Well get over it
0: living in the past that was another comment that we kept on getting on the tiktok we got this from probably 30 people women love to live in the past or like women love to drudge up the past and it's like okay i'm excited then to get to my steve-o one okay okay who's next kendra Kendra.
1: Um. oh i gave her the award for most linear that's a good award she had such a concise little memoir you guys if you're looking for like a fun beach read you can get it popped out in about two hours it really is like this <laughs> happened and this happened and this happened and, this. and I mean it ends by the time she's 24 yeah so there's really I mean she just sums it all up
0: she does she just sums it and it's beautiful and like there is enough like I do feel like we got to know her I think I think we know her feelings on some complicated topics but she didn't like drown us in detail you know I don't know what she was wearing at almost any point in time. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, um, there was
0: no extraneous details. I gave her best smile because I think that that was a very coveted award in high school yearbooks. And she was a dentist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> OK, for Steve-O, I gave best memory for shit that doesn't matter. <laughs> you want to talk about living in the past? Steve-O and his book will be like and on January 13th. 1984 I did an ollie I did it four times Before I was able to land The ollie trick And then I took a video of it And then this video da, da, da. And then I showed it To my biology teacher And then they'll be like My bi- biology teacher's Full name and social security Is this And he lived <laughs> at this address And he said this And he was the one Who actually sh- taught me The word ventriloquist And then I said it. And you're just like I mean literally He names everybody First and last name And like it's insane And then gives the most Insane de- He truly is such a narcissist That he does not know What is important He really he, doesn't He thinks, he thinks every think- moment Is equally important
0: I mean he literally Started writing his memoir when he was in jail before he had ever had even a brush with fame so like he knew I don't know it's insane his to be in his head um I gave him a tie for worst smile because he has no teeth and um and biggest animal lover because oh oh, he he tied between the two of those yeah I was like who did he tie for worst smile with no because he hasn't I just thought it was funny to do best smile and worst smile but um animal lover because of how many sharks he's hugged I love that.
1: Um. Well, and you guys, lions. I love you guys so much. I mean, truly one. Of no the wait. Let's
0: talk about um what we hope for twenty twenty one before yeah, we yeah, wrap yeah. her up. Before we get who, wrapped.
1: Okay. I'm gonna say who we hope does a memoir in twenty twenty one. I said Britney Spears. I, I hope would, she gets out of her conservatorship and writes all about it. I would literally
0: like cut off a finger for that. I think that's a bit dramatic. I don't think I would. I, I really don't want to have only nine fingers, but. I don't know if it comes down to it. If they say the world will not get this memoir unless you cut off a pinky, I would consider it.
1: (laughs) That's really good. Ashley. that's really dedicated. (laughs) Ashley, who would you want to hear from? Um,
0: Obviously I'm looking forward to Bono's memoir. We're not sure when that's coming out. And someone that I think would write honestly an incredible memoir full of sauce and introspection is um, Jennifer Aniston. Yes. I think that she has a story to tell.
1: Like, like she has like 30 stories to tell.
0: I think she has
1: a million stories. She to is tell. somebody who I am like, can we get a day by day calendar of like, l- like I would read a 7000 page book by her and just be like, OK, and then what happened next? And then what happened next? And like right. from breakfast to lunch to dinner, what happened? Ooh, I actually would like to see a food diary from her. <laughs> Maybe that could be like a second book or like an insert that you get at the end. An <laughs> insert. That'd be nice. Like a little the- zine tucked yeah. into the pages of like what she had been eating When? Yeah, because... It can't be long. Let me tell you that. It's not a long zine.
0: Think back on, like, how she has remained this, like, kind of level-headed, cool girl in a weird way, while also being the face of not aging, while also being the face of the most pathetic childless woman alive, like, while also being, like, having this narrative of, like, she's been left and dodged by every motherfucker in the county, and also there will be John Mayer stories and like I just, my God, that hopefully is a long book and I need to read it and I don't think she'll give it to us. Um, but my God, we can pray if anyone has a connect with Jen Aniston. Yeah,
1: pitch it to her. Maybe she just hadn't thought about it yet. Maybe she just hadn't. Maybe no one came up with the idea yet.
0: I like feel like she would be honestly like a good essayist.
1: I do too. She's really survived hell, but she survived it. She survived it with glowing hair and skin that I will say every time I look at her, I'm like, is she behind frosted glass? Like, (laughs) are my glasses fogged up? I like cannot get a good sense of what she looks like at this point in in time. She's always behind like some filter that is fully just like a piece of plastic. (laughs) Yeah, but she's like
0: fucking old, dude.
1: Yeah, she looks great. She's taut. She's tiny. She's still friends with all those friends. I feel like she's got a lot of friends, which I I like about her. I love that the friends are all friends, and she has a lot of friends. Yeah, I like that she's, like – she's a real girl's girl. Have you seen that video of her? It's her – She seems fun. Like, she – no, wait, you know, it is her Dolly Parton and Sandra Bullock. Look, it oh, up. oh, should I just
0: kill myself or should I watch it? That sounds incredible. Watch it. My God, Dolly and Jen and Sandra Bullock. Look it up.
1: It just I just saw it recently. It's like the three of them interacting in an interview and it's you're going to fucking. Lose Why do they shit.
0: know each other? Why
1: don't they know each other? Why wouldn't they know each other? I don't know. I guess Jen and Sandra are like really good friends.
0: Of course they are. They both have such good layers in their hair.
1: And they both survived everything. Mm-hmm. Um, should we wrap her up? What time is it? Um, 46 men. Pretty oh, solid. Perfect. I think that's exactly what we we're aiming for. We were, this was just supposed to be a little holiday. Holiday shorty. Our holiday card. This is for like what you listen to when you have to put away all your new stuff from Christmas.
0: Yeah. When you're hanging up the when you leave the Christmas lights up till January. But then you had to take them down at some point.
1: What are we? Taylor Swift? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Do you have any final words for 2021? Well,
0: what I want to say regarding 2020 is when we launched this podcast, we were hoping people would like it. And the fact that you guys are listening warms my little heart, my heart grew three sizes that day that you guys
1: listened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I know that like. Adrian recently said that we're mean which hurt my feelings I hope she's listening and knows that that hurt my feelings because she already knew that we were getting a lot of attack at the time but mm-hmm. I don't think we are mean we're just like two friends trying to have fun and if you're like with it we hope you're with it and if you're not then like I also do think- like we understand that this is not for everyone we understand you may just want somebody to be reading you the book and that's for some people but this is such a labor of love for us this is our like fourth and final attempt at a podcast and the fact that some people are like having fun with this journey we every dm we love we love everybody God, who listens the dms make my fucking people life. who dm us people who want to chat i mean never like people who have book
0: suggestions anytime you have a suggestion i can't promise we'll get to them quickly but any suggestion we
1: get we will we do put the list and we want to get there i mean just like really appreciate that you guys are listening and like this really was the thing that turned it around for me was that it felt like we were finally doing something that people liked and i just like Yeah I'm so happy that we've all Like become friends And a little CNBC family If
0: Yeah And if you feel like We've been overly mean To a celebrity Like obviously Constructive criticism We appreciate Um We don't try to be mean We try to be a little bit Harsh and critical Because I think That for us to just like Read the book And then gush about How much we love it Would not be entertaining And also Truthful Or truthful
1: I haven't been meaner To any celebrity Than I have been to Ashley My very best friend (laughs) so there that's that on that like that is like i mean i got kind of dressed down over Christmas. but i'm like that is how i like love people and i get that there's a time and a place but i'm like you know you need all types you need somebody who's just gonna listen and tell you everything's great and then you need somebody who's gonna come in and be like i like to say i bully people confident like when people are like oh i look fat i'm like shut the fuck up you dumb bitch i'll kill you if you say that again Like, I, like
0: that's just who i no, am but i also like the harsh truth because sometimes i say things that I know are like stupid things the dumbest you know what you
1: say that's the dumbest shit ever when you're like my face looks fat (laughs) no
0: but sometimes it does look fat to me and I know that you disagree with that but like the other day I took a selfie that I couldn't even post because my face looked too fat
1: You will like you have like a Bella Hadid (laughs)
0: like you. (laughs) I am just speaking my truth.
1: Okay. (laughs) I know. But that's why I think sometimes other people have to come in with the more truth. truth. I
0: appreciate that. And like literally learning that I wasn't fat was because like my ex-boyfriend called me fat one time or like said that I like could be thinner. And that's like helped me in the last year to like develop some body confidence. Cause I was like, what the fuck are you talking about?
1: <laughs> so it takes a kind. Anyway, this is all just to say that we love you guys and anybody who likes us, we really appreciate it. And we love you and we hope we all have a better 2021. And then we hope you're listening to this on a car ride or a train ride to something like a movie theater or a music festival or something yeah, fun because it's allowed
0: now in this great wide and open future.
1: Uh, we hope that this is able to build enough that we can come do like live shows in your area and engage more and, Who knows? Who knows where this will be this time next year? We hope for the best. Hopefully the moon. I hope the moon. All right. Love you guys. Bye.